This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Daniel Gomez, Director of Thoracic Radiation Oncology and Vice Chair of Clinical Operations in the Department of Radiation Oncology at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. Dr. Gomez, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Now, before we dive into my broader questions, and I'm really excited to learn more about what you're doing there at Memorial Sloan Kettering, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I've been a radiation oncologist for almost 15 years. I uh, completed my residency training here at Memorial Sloan Kettering. And then I spent almost a decade at MD MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas, before returning to Memorial, Memorial Sloan Kettering about five years ago. I've had a focus in uh, clinical operations for much of my career. And I currently serve as the vice chair of clinical operations for my department. Our department is housed within one of the largest cancer centers within the world. Um, It includes about 65 physicians spread across seven different locations in the New York and New Jersey area. Uh, We treat approximately 12,000 patients per year. And our department is both clinically focused and research oriented. Well, that's... It's amazing to hear it. You know, sounds like a lot happening at Memorial Sloan Kettering. So, you know, from your perspective, could you talk about what special considerations there are for operating in a highly specialized department like radiation oncology? Great question. So radiation oncology is unique in that there are so many components to getting a patient treated. So in addition to the clinical staff, like nurses and uh, nurse practitioners, uh, we're operating on highly sophisticated equipment that requires expertise by other individuals in many different domains. I tell patients that, uh, and other people that, uh, to give them a sense of the field, that it's like flying an airplane. So getting a patient through treatment with minimal side effects requires uh, all of these disciplines working together and um, and creating a treatment plan that is effective and safe. These include physics, radiation dosimetry, radiation therapy, and then our clinical staff, as I mentioned previously. So coordination between all of these components really does require significant operational acumen to maintain this quality and safety. This needs to be systematic and done in a way where it's scalable and really not dependent on one person. Another way that this, uh, that our department is and the field is unique is that it's relatively small and it's highly specialized. We perform a central component of cancer care, but historically we've been somewhat siloed, even in location in that many times our department has historically been housed in the basement of, of hospitals. So as a field, And as a department, we have to ensure that we appropriately communicate our treatment plans to the multidisciplinary team in a way that our referring providers can understand to attempt to break these silos. Got it. That's really fascinating to hear. And certainly, you know, such an important aspect of 
being able to provide um, effective care, as, as you mentioned, having that communication and the coordination, the ability to do what's right for the patient, and then they'll have a great experience as well. I'm also wondering, what are the most exciting initiatives that you observe in the field, and what are the challenges to moving them forward? Right. Uh, another great question. And one of the reasons I joined this field is because it was uh, very technology oriented, which, which really appealed to me. And there's a great deal of exciting technology that's emerging, which could lead to really better ways that we deliver our treatment. There's uh, MRI guided approaches to delivering radiation therapy, new particles that are being used to deliver radiation in the form of proton therapy. We're able to deliver higher doses to very confined um, fields uh, through ablative radiation. And there are many techniques that we're now using to guide our radiation, even while a patient's being treated while the radiation is occurring to ensure at, at the pinpoint accuracy. So all of this has to be has allowed us really to be more precise in our approaches and to treat tumors to higher doses while sparing normal tissue. This is great for the field and for patients. Um, the, the main challenge that it brings is how do we implement these approaches in a data-driven way when resources of this advanced technology are limited? Um, the other component of this that does create a challenge that I think is surmountable, but, but a challenge nonetheless, is how do we reach underserved populations with this advanced technology? This really requires both an innovative spirit and relationships with community physicians that allow us to improve access. And, and while we innovate to keep these considerations in mind, um, just as an example, one concept pertaining, pertaining to this is in the field of remote planning. Um, that is, can we translate our technologies to actually deliver, implement radiation plans in areas that it does not currently exist and they don't have, where there, there aren't a lot of resources um, and really develop plans that are consistent with what we would see at larger academic centers. The other big wave that, that, that has begun to occur is, is the integration with other modalities. I mentioned previously that radiation has been relatively siloed historically, but I think developments in medical oncology have directly impacted how we uh, operate in radiation oncology. We've seen that many of the scientific advancements there can enhance the effectiveness of radiation therapy, which has led to a lot of uh, increases in opportunities uh, for the indications of radiation across the, the cancer spectrum. Well, that's great to hear and certainly encouraging for um, the you know patients that are needing cancer treatments and certainly will need so in the future. Now, where do you see the field of radiation oncology headed in the next 10 years or so? Yeah, that, that, that's a big question. I would say, uh, I would answer this in two ways. I would say the first is that our collaboration with multidisciplinary colleagues, such as those in medical oncology and surgery and others, will become even more critical. Um, and that it's we're going to have to prioritize ways that we can integrate into these technologies and uh, operational enhancements that allow us to really um, uh, communicate effectively uh, our, our advances with these 
uh, with our partners in these fields. Um, one example is the delivery of radiation in the metastatic space. And historically, radiation has been largely palliative in this space, meaning reserved for only those patients that need relief of symptoms or have uh, cancer that's located in problematic areas. But we've seen over the past several years that radiation has played a, a larger role in this space, that we've able to actually been in a modality where we're able to enhance the efficacy of, um, of other treatments uh, in the metastatic realm. So I think as we are able to better complement uh, systemic therapy, then, uh, then that will set the stage for where the field uh, goes over the next decade and beyond. Um, second, I would say uh, precision medicine will become more important in radiation. Just like in medical oncology and surgery where advances like molecular sequencing, liquid biopsy, and imaging analysis really allow us to individualize care, these same principles have become to apply more to radiation. That is, we're beginning to determine who will benefit from radiation, who will have a re resistant tumor, and who we should uh, appropriately uh, recommend this treatment to beyond our standard uh, approaches. So I think applying our advanced technology to deliver a high quality of care, but doing so selectively and within a resource-constrained environment is going to be uh, critical and, and it's going to require us to be more nuanced in our approaches than we have in the past. That's so fascinating to hear. Dr. Gomez, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Your insight and perspective has been extremely valuable and interesting, and I hope you're able to come back and join us again in the future. Me too. Thank you very much for having me. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.